This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is our full-time Liverpool correspondent, for that is what he is now, James Piers, both home and away. Hi, Jay. Hello, Ian. Uh, and also, we've got the Echo's Christian Welsh. Hi, Christian. Hello, Ian. Hello. Now, we all three of us were at Anfield last night, uh, Wednesday night, that is, to watch Liverpool take on Manchester City. James, did you have a bet on Liverpool to A, keep a clean sheet, and B, score three goals? No, I did have a bet on there being more than two goals in the game altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mohamed Salah scored the first goal, actually. But um, no, not in my wildest dreams did I think that Liverpool would keep a clean sheet. I think um, it was you know, it was always going to be open. Uh, it was always going to be entertaining, but you know, I, I never, you know, never foresaw it, it panning out the way it did. I think you know, it was two very different sides to that Liverpool performance. The first half, um, you know, they had to dig deep early on when City enjoyed a lot of possession, but were absolutely lethal and clinical on the counter attack. Um, you know, the, the first goal was was a classic counter. The second one, obviously, Oxlade Chamberlain with a sensational strike. And then the third one again, winning the ball back quickly, and and Salah putting one on the plate for Mane um, to head home the third. And then, you know, I think everyone expected City to fight back in the second half. And you know, but for all the possession and territory they had, I think, you know, I saw I saw some quotes from Guardiola afterwards where he was talking about them dominating. Well, that to me that isn't dominating when you don't create chances. You know, Liverpool defended absolutely magnificently, and when you think that's been labelled a real Achilles heel for this Liverpool team. You know, they put their bodies on the line, they were so organised, so concentrated and the fact that Karius didn't have a single save to make in 90 minutes just just underlines what a, a Herculean effort it was and Liverpool have got one foot in the semi-finals of the Champions League. In terms of European games, Christian, was that perhaps one of Liverpool's most surprising results in the sense of what they managed, as James says, to achieve against a City team to basically not let them have a shot on goal, which is Practically ridiculous for a team that scored like more than 110 goals this season. I'm playing in arguably the biggest game of the season. I think in terms of pre-match expectations, definitely. You know, you could always point to something like Dortmund when the three-one down with with half an hour to go. That that's a bit more surprising. Perhaps that Liverpool progressed in that quarter-final. But even you look at say uh, a game like Juventus 2005, which is something I likened it to mm. to you last night. Even then, you know, Liverpool. Got off to a fantastic start, but they still conceded. And they still, they still give up chances. I think Scott Carson made a really good save. Uh, maybe tipped, up, tipped the Ibrahimovic shot onto the bar, if I remember correctly. Uh, with Chelsea, it was nil nil after the first leg. But with Rafael Benitez, you'd always felt that if, if he could do anything, he could he could keep a nil, you know, at, at home. Um, and once Liverpool got that one goal, it was always about holding on. So. You know, if you go down the years and, and maybe you look at the the four 0 against Real Madrid, that was that was quite surprising. They already won one 0 in the first leg, though. They had, but I don't think anyone foresaw Liverpool blowing away uh, Real, not just by the scoreline, but the fact that Ike Casillas was essentially man of the match. Um, it's definitely up there, certainly in in, in my lifetime of, of watching football, of watching Liverpool. I, I feel like very few people, not even the most optimistic uh, Liverpool supporter on the cop, would have had a betting slip with uh, Liverpool three. Manchester City well, nil. Your man Jay is the proof there. He's the most optimistic Liverpool fan there is. Oh. <laughs> and he, and he, didn't, he didn't think that was going to happen. I mean, I, I, I do think you'd find that I did say 3-1. Uh, 
Um, so you were still wrong. I was still wrong, <laughs> but, but but not as wrong as some people. Uh, I always I always backed Liverpool to score. Um, did we all think Man City were going to score? Yes, we yeah. all did, didn't we? Oh we yeah, all yeah, did. yeah. And yeah, I don't I'm, think I think that's the most outrageous thing to no, claim. It, it, the it, fact it, there's it, only yeah. been three other games this season which they haven't scored, which was Wolves. Uh, in the League Cup, which even then they conceded a load of penalties in the shootout, which technically doesn't count. But Crystal Palace was nil-nil and Wigan, one-nil. They're the only games in which they've not scored. It's remarkable when you think about it. But, but then is it? Because, you know, we are still very much thinking about the Liverpool defence of old. And, you know, you don't want to say Liverpool have turned the corner defensively, but, but they have turned the corner defensively. Ever since Virgil van Dijk's come in, you take away that one game Against the against West Brom, which was a bit of a strange occasion anyway, when mm. VAR took over. Um, you've you've obviously got the, you can see the two against Tottenham and Man United, but in general, the defenses looked a lot more assured, a lot more in control. The back line's been stretched a lot less, and I, thought, I always thought Liverpool could have kept a nil if they kept a nil. I thought the, it could have been a cagey nil nil, you know, completely out of left field. But I certainly didn't anticipate Liverpool going three nil up, and with, with sixty minutes of the game remaining. Having to see off City for that amount of time, doing so and doing so comfortably. Well, a quick word on City because they changed their team, James, slightly. They brought in uh, Gundogan for Raheem Sterling. I know at the time people were saying that's not a bad shout because Sterling doesn't really perform at Anfield against Liverpool. Since he left, he kind of gets affected by the emotion. And and Guardiola, as uh, Joe Rimmer would be happy to hear me say that, uh, Guardiola explained it afterwards. He basically said that, look, we brought him in because we wanted more control. He's one of our best passers. We wanted to lock down the midfield and build from there. Then he was asked, well, did it work? And he just said, we lost 3-0. <laughs> so <laughs> I think he basically gave, gave, gave his answer there without giving his answer. But, you know, Sterling came on. He did do... I thought he did all right when he came on, actually. No, I didn't. He took the... At least he took the... He yeah, could, have, go, could have had a penalty. No, nah, it wasn't a penalty for me. I think Robertson played the ball. The, um, he said it, with it, smiling eyes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it was... At the, I, time, I thought, at the time, I didn't even notice it. Yeah, no, at the time, I didn't see it. To be honest, I, I, was, I was surprised that the team Guardiola picked. And I think, you know, I was there in his press conference the day before when he, he, he kind of looked aghast at the idea that he might change the way City play um, to react to what Liverpool could do to them. And he said, you know, if I did that, my players would think I was scared. But I think he did go and do that, I mm. think. But he um, wouldn't have been scared, that's just common sense. It's because it's, well, it's, 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 it's a two-leg game, isn't it? Yeah, but I just don't think it was in keeping with the way that true. City but if, but if played City would, this season. But if City would have lost that game, say 2-0 or 3-1, everyone would be going, oh, City got a great chance of getting through. Possibly, but also, you know, they, they just didn't function in any department City. And when you think... You know they've been lauded this season as like you know there was some stuff earlier on. Is this one of the greatest club teams ever? And it's like well they haven't actually won anything yet. Obviously, they will win the Premier League title, but won the League Cup as well. That yeah, that as well. But you're talking about you know yeah, big, yeah, yeah. Yeah. big, big prizes, the the finer team, and um, you know the midfield area for what I mean. Gundogan was. You know, he was you hardly knew he was even there for for most of the game. Well, you, you played, you played on the excuse me. He's on the uh, on the right wing. Yeah, I'm not sure that suited him. And, and, and it was bizarre to see De Bruyne so deep for so long. Well, as but well. that's where he, that's where he plays though. He plays not, a lot. Not for that. that deep. But no, then he was no, pushed. No, no. He was pushed back by Liverpool. Fine. No, no. I think I think that was. I think he lined up far deeper than usual. It was basically him and Fernandinho with yeah. the two in a four-two-three-one. It was and and the idea there was to basically make make Liverpool press De Bruyne. And then they get out of the press, the space, ping it to Leroy Sane. It was one-on-one with I've Trent. never seen a game where David Silva's 
done so like, little. Again, similar to Gundogan, it, it was a couple of times. I think there was one reasonably late on where a Second cross half, yeah, was yeah. fizzed in. I think it might have just bounced off Silver's shins and Karras was able to get it. And it was almost one of those, oh, Silver. No, I didn't even... Well, there was a, Lovren did a diving header to clear from yeah. as well, didn't he? He was quite brave. He, but th- that was testament to how brilliant Liverpool's midfield three were, both individually and as a, as a unit. Because I thought Henderson just... You know the the yards he covered, providing protection in front of that back four. Milner, I thought probably just about was edged out in terms of the man of the match by by Trent. But what a performance that was for Milner! And I think now he's was well, he equaled Neymar's record for Champions League assists of the season. Um, you know, and he's so so important. To, you know, he's you know, he, you know I think he was involved in all three goals. Wasn't he? The first one he whips that perfectly weighted pass down the right for Salah. Um, you know, the, the the second one, you know, he, he slams into well, the that the second was great because he did that all game long. I mean, sometimes yeah. I think, I, well, I know I did the ratings and I mentioned the fact his passing wasn't always on on point. He wasn't always accurate with that. But the amount of times he just got his foot in. Oh, unbelievable. And even the third goal, that came from Otamendi deciding he was going to go on some mad charge through the middle, overran it. Milner wins it back. Suddenly then City are left exposed and it leads to Salah whipping in that cross for Mane and, you know, and Klopp, Tactically, got it absolutely spot on. Um, you know, completely outfoxed Guardiola, and also you know the decision to play Oxley Chamberlain. You know, that was massively vindicated as well. You know, obviously the goal is just a, you know a top class hit, but there was so much else to admire about Oxley Chamberlain. The way that he, you know, he, he's just so positive and direct, and you know when he's playing with confidence like that, you know, he he, he showed he belongs to that level. The interesting thing you mentioned then about Klopp outfoxing Guardiola and. The Spaniard changing his, his selection slightly is that when we did the team um, selection before the game, we all decided on what the team was. All four of us did it. All picked exactly the same team, which was exactly the same team that Klopp picked. So Christian City must have known exactly what was coming. Liverpool didn't change their approach in any way. The fact that he did change it, as you know, as James said, is that a sign of him being a little bit scared or worried, or, or was that what happened in January playing on his mind a little bit? Because while we the final score of that game was 4-3. We all know it was more of a 4-1 game. I think it showed Liverpool respect. They probably showed Liverpool a little bit too much respect. I think that was a common theme throughout the uh, the evening um, in terms of, we'll go move on to the atmosphere at some point, but you know, from the, from the start of turning Liverpool around and making them attack the cop in the first half, even though they said that they weren't that bothered about the atmosphere, that's the, that's the sign of a man or a team who are worried about the atmosphere. But uh, any further, you've got a theory on the the toss, haven't you? Which toss? The coin toss. Yes. That you said that. Oh, well, I turned to you. I, yeah. I when the, when the coin toss happened and the, it was clear that they were turning round. I, I I turned to you earlier and I said that that plays into Liverpool's hands. And I've been I've been on this bandwagon throughout saying Liverpool playing at home first in this in this tie was 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 a benefit because what could happen happened. They could blow City away in in a half hour spell, and I think it, in, even in a, a microcosm, I think it worked at Anfield. Last night, because Liverpool were attacking the cop in the first half, and and and, and the, you know the power of the cop, um, uh, the power of Anfield, and, and and basically when City are then attacking in the second half, they they're facing down on this this cavernous stand of of, of, of vitriol, and it's ultimately very hard as either Gus Johnson found out all those years ago to, to put the ball in the back of the net when when the cop are standing there expecting. So you know that that's an interesting idea in terms of. Was was Guardiola scared? Um, I think the team selection shows that he, he certainly, if he wasn't scared, he was very respectful of Liverpool. 
I think the issue for for for, um, for Guardiola there is the fact that his team has been so good this season playing a certain style of football. I don't know if you can just click out of that straight away. If, if Liverpool were to try and we discussed it very very briefly on the podcast last week um, in preview to the game, you know, could Liverpool before the Matip injury go free at the back? I don't think that we all said no. Uh, well, no, of course we all said no, but it was something that was muted. You know, it was just a genuine, a genuine question because of how Palace finished the sorry, how Liverpool finished against Palace. But I, I, I don't see Klopp ever, ever doing anything like that. Not, not often too radical. But for, for, for Manchester City, they've played with Fernandinho sitting, with two ball playing with ball playing essentially attacking midfielders in central midfield, two quick wingers and a very good striker down the centre. No matter how good Liverpool are. Manchester City are arguably, and you know, it's not arguably over the course of a season, better. Mm. And to disrupt that flow and to disrupt that rhythm, and much like Klopp, I think Guardiola, his tactics are very bespoke. The very, you know, you saw when Salah went off, Liverpool's Liverpool didn't quite have the same, you know, they didn't click, they didn't gel, because everybody's got a role in that team, and everybody knows how to how to do their role. If you take out. Sterling for Gundogan. Well, Gundogan doesn't know what he's doing. De Bruyne doesn't know what he's doing in his new role. And then David Silva's looking around and going, well... And, and this this was the issue that was created for, for Manchester City. He basically took what, what is a fantastic team, one that's cancerous to the title, and he tweaked it. And just when a couple of the cogs aren't quite turning, that's when Liverpool can pounce, and he did. Let's talk about Trent, Jamesy. Yep. Yep. What did you make of Mr Alexander-Arnold? With, <laughs> with, with Andy no longer with us. Admittedly, he's not dead. He's just, he, just, he, just left this, he just left this podcast, although we will have him back at some point. Um, Trent was... I know. He was great, wasn't he? He was great. He was, he was just He was, yeah. as you mentioned before, he was Liverpool's man of the match. Not quite a 10, as you were trying to get me to... A 12, to, I'd to, Yeah. Tra- but... 66. When you think that from the off, City clearly gone, right, he's the oh, weak point. He's the, he's yeah, the weak yeah, point. Yeah. We're going to put all these diagonals over yeah. to Sané. And in the first minute, you could see Trent was like, Ooh, you could see that he was he held off a little bit. Then after he put one tackle and he just went, I'm having this. Yeah. And then the second half, he was just, it was almost got to the point where Liverpool didn't even bother to double up on Sané because they just knew that Trent, oh, they'd just leave him to yeah. deal with him. It, it was amazing, especially when you think, you know, Trent's big strengths we've seen all season, uh, uh, nights when he's going forward, you know, rampaging down that wing, whipping in quality deliveries, and it wasn't that kind of night from him. You know, it was it was it was a containment job, especially in that second half, when City had so much of the ball and so much territory. Uh, and you know, it, you know, after, especially after all the stick he's taken recently, which has been very very unfair on a on a young player who's still learning his trade. You know, I think especially after the defeat at Old Trafford um, and, and the game at Palace at the weekend, I think you've got to give Klopp credit as well because. You know, I think I wrote something on the weekend about you know Trent set for the biggest night of his career, and a lot of the replies on social media were like, "Oh no, he can't possibly play. He's got to bring Klein in." Blah blah blah. You know, and I think some managers maybe would have, maybe would have made that judgment call because would have been worried about how a 19-year-old kid would handle just the, the size of the occasion. But he rose to the occasion unbelievably. Um, you know, maturity way beyond his years. You know, Sane has been one of the best players in the Premier League all season um, been absolutely sensational he's a great player to watch as well isn't he I love, yeah, love Salah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know to, to, to do a job on him like that was was just um, and it was that was that was another special part of the night as well because you know for Liverpool's best player to be a kid that grew up just down the road from the training ground and used to peek through the holes in the concrete walls to 
watch Steven Gerrard and Xabi Alonso train, for him to for him to be performing at that level on such a massive occasion was was just absolutely great to see. I mean, I'm not being in any way pro British or whatever, but if you look at the, the players who performed very well or everybody played really well, but the ones that absolutely excelled or, or rose you know, increased their level. I mentioned Alexander Arnold, Milner, Henderson, Robertson was another one. Do you think there's something in that? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. Well, I, d- that, I don't know. Let's I, be perfectly I, honest here. That's not to say, I mean, the rest of the players. I mean, for me, the three best players were Milner, uh, Alexander-Arnold and Manny. I thought Manny had his best ever team game for Liverpool. I thought he sacrificed himself, certainly in the last in the second half, when both Salah and Firmino went off. He took on that responsibility as the main man up front. Just seemed to, he was just everywhere, wasn't he? he was but, but Robertson is another person who... To think it was this time last year, he was, as you mentioned, he was nearly getting relegated with Hull City, or he was about to get relegated mm. with Hull City, and now he's playing in the Champions League quarter-final. I, I, don't, I, mean, I don't think it's a nationality thing, because I think the, the person who perhaps typifies everything... Is, is obviously Ger- is, is German, the manager, yeah. Well, yeah. well, he's German, and also, you know, you look at the, the Brazilian up front and, and, and the Dutchman at the back who's, who showed things up. But at the same time, I certainly, I think what what's interesting there is uh, all of those players at some points this season have been written off. I think I thought Lovren was very good as well for what it's worth, and and you know, I was you know I, I put out a little apology on social media myself because after the Palace game, I said that you know Trent was a bit of a concern after what happened against Marshall and and, um, and Zaha. He, he proved me wrong. He proved a lot of people wrong. I think Robertson. You, you you rewind to maybe November and people are going why why, why the hell have Liverpool bought eight million bought this fella for eight million pounds and you can't even this this place well, it's inter- you know? interesting whether Graham Hunter did a podcast with Jurgen Klopp I think he released it earlier this week mm. I'd listen to that and uh, while it was primarily talking about Klopp the, the man and his and his career he also, there was only one little anecdote about Andy Robertson and he mentioned the fact that Robertson had come in and basically uh, in those early days said why am I not playing. And Klopp said to him, well, do this, that and the other. And then a couple of months later, he came back in and said, well, why am I not playing? And Klopp kind of said, well, I wasn't angry with him. I was a bit disappointed, basically saying, you should, it's about you. You've got to improve. You can't just keep on coming in here and saying, what do you want me to do? It's up to you to try and do it himself. And I think the penny clearly dropped because within a few weeks, he was in the team. I think it was Brighton away, wasn't it, right, James? Yeah. In, yeah. And then since Marino then, got the since, injury. Yeah, since then, he's just stepped up a level time and time again. I mean, yes, he was, he was pretty much going down with Hull. And there was one moment in that first half where Liverpool were freeing up, and he galavanned sixty yards, <laughs> taking on every, you know, taking on all comers, and 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 his shots, his shots blocked out for a, for a throwing. What what that shows, I think, and we mentioned this last week, is Jurgen Klopp is probably the best manager in Europe at improving players of a certain profile. Uh, is is know, he improving quite, them, or is he just making them realise what they actually are? Potentially, but but you both, s- I think. Yeah, yeah it, it is both. It's it's number one. It's 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 a great win for the scouting department to take somebody like Andy Robertson, who's always been talked up as a talented young player, but ultimately at a torrid time. I think I think he was in the team that can see the seven against Spurs on the last day of last season. Um, and 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 to and to, to first of all take the gamble and say no, no, we, we think there's something in there. But then it takes a special managerial coaching talent in Klopp and his, and his backroom staff, of course. It's not just Klopp, it's Bruvac, it's Kravitz. Pep Linders obviously does it with the, well, or did do it with the uh, the youngsters as well before he moved on. Um, it's it's a huge 
it's a huge testament to the coaching staff that you got players like Andy Robertson and um, you know even Salah, Oxley Chamberlain, these players who have got that progressive profile and and he's extracting absolutely everything out of them and and there's more to come. It, it, it really is salivating when you think that you know Liverpool are bringing in somebody like Naby Keita in the summer, who's already considered one of the is it fair to say one of the best young midfielders in the world? Mm. Jesus, what's going to happen when Jurgen Klopp gets his hands on him? It's a, that that really is something to, to contemplate. So might make him get a driving license. So it's it's you know look look at Firmino as well. Jurgen Klopp with a certain profile of player, with a player between certain ages, let's say twenty two to twenty six, he will improve them, and very rarely does he not improve them at Anfield. And that was a testament to what he did yesterday. It's it's not a case of. You know, rags versus riches and rich versus poor or anything like that. Liverpool spent seventy five million on a on a defender, a world record fee. They're no paupers themselves. But you look at what Manchester City did there with fifty fifty million Carl Walker one side, you've got a forty eight fifty pound uh, fifty million pounds, I America Laporte the other. And then you look at You got Danilo and, and Danilo Vendy as and well. Mendy, who yeah. are both what north of forty million pounds. And then Liverpool I've got Andy Robertson from Hull City for eight million pounds, and Trent Alexander-Arnold, who's come up through the the Franks. It's a it's a, it's a remarkable story and testament to everything the coaches staff have done. Now, James, in a further shock of good football managers know what they're talking about. Guardiola before the game was asked about how do you stop Salah, and he says, "Look, it, he's unstoppable. They're almost unstoppable. Not just him. It's Firmino, and there's as Mane as well. He was right about that." He also then went on and spoke about, you know, there's Virgil van Dijk from Set Peters. Again, he nearly scored from one. But he also mentioned, well, he calls him Chamberlain, Oxlade Chamberlain. <laughs> and people kind of looked at that and went, hmm. And I know he scored against City in January, but he's not exactly been what you call one of the, the go to players for Liverpool. But as you touched on before, probably his best, best performance for Liverpool. And again, Guardiola was right. When Guardiola was seeing the shot fly past Edison, who clearly didn't see it. You know, he wasn't. He probably wasn't sitting there thinking, "Oh, I told you this was going to be the case." But he was right, wasn't he? He was right, and I think we we saw it again. Just Oxley Chamberlain's ability to to make a difference in in you know in those situations where you know he he receives the ball quite often in areas where you know there's not that much on, but he he's positive, he's direct, and and once once he shifted that ball out in front of his feet last night, you know you knew there was only one thing on his mind, and I don't think he's ever hit a ball as sweetly as that um you know he scored a belter against city back in january in the premier league win but th- this one was in a, you know in a different in a different category and you know oxay chamberlain you know is similar to some of those other players that christian mentioned before in terms of klopp getting the the most out of a player and helping them move to that next level because you know i must admit i had my doubts when liverpool signed up i think we were all the same way we could be honest and, you know, I think, <laughs> apart from apart from christian who's got a i think at the i moment. think the size of the, the fee <laughs> You know, for a player whose contract was running down, and someone as well who'd been at, you know, Arsenal, you know, a big club for a long time, and had, had never really nailed down a, a role because, you know, I think and even during his Liverpool career so far, there has been a lack of consistency. You know, he hasn't been one of the first names on the team sheet, but, you know, we we have seen, you know, real exciting glimpses of what he can do, um, and I think we're seeing as well the benefits of him working with Klopp. You know, I remember he, he did an interview a couple of months ago. With all the newspapers, when he talked then about how you know how important Klopp was in his decision to come to Liverpool, because he felt as if he'd gone stale under Wenger, and he you know he wanted he wanted to learn. He'd, he'd seen what Klopp had done for the likes of Trent, Emery Chan, 
um, you know, players like that and, and, and thought, you know, I, I fancy a bit of that myself. And I think, you know, you can see as well, you know, that was that was the the actions of a very confident player as well. The fact that, you know, there was once he, he got that ball off Milner, you know, to the, the technique, but also, you know, just just the, the sheer force of will to to take advantage of that space in front of him and, and hit it. And yeah, he was he was right up there. But it was too much. You, you go through the team mm. And, and you know you couldn't you couldn't fault anyone you know the you know the the only the only you know you'd say probably Loris Carrier yeah but his goal kicks were the, tremendous and his distribution was and also you know he claimed everything that yeah. came his way you never you um, never there was one in the second half wasn't it, it went way up in the air and there was a play I think it was towards the end wasn't it where the, yeah I think it was swirled was around it, in the was window was it Jesus who was going in mm, on him yeah whereas you're going to say three or four months ago. If he'd come into the team, you'd expect him to drop it, but he didn't. Yeah, and there was, you know, there was a few, you know, there was that spell, wasn't there? Just after obviously Salah limping off early in the second half, I think briefly that kind of deflated Liverpool a little bit. Um, but you know, the, the big thing as well was just you felt as if every time they were maybe just feeling, you know, the, the fatigue kicking in and and City's pressure was growing and growing, the noise from the stands just almost, you know, I think I think I spoke to a few of the players afterwards. I think it was. Carius, who kind of remarked on it, saying that you know he, he felt as if the the fans gave them energy. The, he said you know, when, when they were flagging a bit in that second half, when you get that kind of vocal support, you know it, it makes you keep going and going. And um, Liverpool, you know, it was it was just a complete ninety-minute performance. As I mentioned before, there's one player who kept going and going, and that was Mane. Uh, I know you were at Crystal Palace on Saturday and sort of had a bit of an interesting game. Mm. But I think it's now, is it seven goals in eight that he scored? He Six, 16 altogether, was it? 16 altogether. He scored seven in the Champions League, hasn't he now, I think, which makes him one behind Firmino as the, as the top goal scorer in the European Cup for Liverpool. What's interesting for me is the fact that, you know, since January, people said, oh, he's not quite been at his best. But you look at the numbers since he scored that goal against Burnley. His numbers for assists and his goals, okay, he may not be at the consecutive performance, but he's, he keeps on contributing. But now we're coming up to a stage of the season where this time last year he'd gone. He wasn't there because he got injured, didn't he, against Everton. So for him, this is a big deal because he wants to be part of running with Liverpool because it's something he hasn't had before. And he also gives something Liverpool didn't have last season. You know, the reason they they doubled down and, and went into that sort of defensive mode, if you will, far more defensive than usual with Lucas, Chan, Milner, those type of players in midfield, um, was because... They had no pace whatsoever. Exactly, yeah. they, they, had, they had no outball, they had, they had, so they had to sort of doggy for want of a better word he, there's no denying that you know sort of just before Christmas and obviously I think it was encapsulated with that, that derby incident where he should have passed and he shot mm. um, but even aside from that he wasn't in the best of form he had a really good start and then of course ironically in a way the red card against Manchester City comes and that's you know he's out for a, he's out for a couple of games and suspended and then he gets injured on international duty I think Klopp said a couple of times, uh, you know, towards the Christmas period that he, he was just lacking a bit of rhythm. He's had a really on-off season, um, but yeah, the goal against Burnley really sort of ignited his uh, reignited his, uh, his season. And the, the you know the the other thing about it is that because he's missed games with injury and suspension, he's, he's relatively fresh. You know, he's not got the hard yards in him. He didn't look fresh when he was coming. You I, know, think, he's, he I think he's, to be fair, I think he has played almost every game for the last four months. So. Yeah, so, yeah. But, but he can afford to do that because he didn't play as much as he did at the start of last season, if that makes sense, at the start of this season. 
he had a bit of an interrupted um, first half of this season. So he's certainly got a, a little bit more left in the tank, I feel. I mean, he was absolutely shattered by the end of yesterday, but he, he, he chased and harried and, and did absolutely everything. He's a player in form. Of course, we await the Salah news. We await, you know, hopefully Dr. Salah wasn't he after the game he was walking around with the players on the pitch afterwards yeah he was, he was back out on the dugout yeah. in the dugout wasn't he before the uh, before the final whistle Didn't which was a good sign I mean on the sidelines it seemed to me I'm no lip reader or body language expert but it seemed to me that Salah was was keen to get back on and I think Klopp sort of just said no you know yeah, to, no down need. the tunnel yeah, yeah. Um, to do that. I mean we're going to find out a bit more on Friday won't we James when you go to the press conference yeah I mean Klopp afterwards you know, said that he'd spoken to Salah and Salah was confident it was only something very minor. I think, to be honest, I'd be obviously absolutely amazed if he's anywhere near that team at Goodison on Saturday we'll, we'll come to that a bit later on. Um, but then, I, you know, he, there's, there's a strong case that he probably wouldn't have featured regardless anyway. anyway. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, the way that they were talking afterwards, you know, that I think they still feel that hopefully he'll be, be OK to play for in the second leg. And, um, Did he score? Know, he scored? He scored, and everyone's just like not saying forgotten about it, but it's like yeah. it's and again, again, thirty-eight yeah. goals, and again, so set one off yeah. the money. Yeah. 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 it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and it was, you know, and it, but there has been some games, and where it has been the, the most Salah show, and you know, I think you're right. There hasn't been much of a focus on the fact that he scored and created one, just because there was just so much else mm. to admire about Liverpool as a as a collective unit. But um, yeah, even even the goal, you know, again. Making something tricky look very, very easy. Mm. Um, the extra touch once again. Yeah, for you know, Firmino. You know, it wasn't until I saw it back. Obviously, we didn't have replays initially in the the press box. But then you just watched, see facts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, didn't have, we didn't have replays the, um, at all. And then, so, not initially. Yeah, we didn't get them at, at any point. Obviously, Carl Walker has made an absolute hash of, of of dealing with it after Firmino's initial shot had been parried. But you know, I don't think there's many strikers in world football that would have been as alert as Firmino to to pounce on Walker like he did. And Ian, poke Ian it straight into, back in the day would have been that. He, he yeah, was first line of defence. That, that's that's what is, And yeah. you know, suddenly from what, what you thought was a promising attack coming to nothing, you know, Salah's shifting onto his left foot, and I think you know once it was there, you know, I think fifty odd thousand inside Anfield knew what was what was going to follow. Now, one player who definitely won't be playing in the second leg is Jordan Henderson. He picked up a booking in the second half for knocking over. Raheem Sterling, look, I, you know, we all watched the game a bit later on in the evening. I think it's worth saying it was fair enough. Although there was a case, <laughs> took to, for the there was team. a case towards the end though, where I think it was was it Fernandinho or somebody went past him, and he could have just legged him up and got sent off. It would have made no difference whatsoever. But he well, is got he. Well, I say that, I say that, yeah. My but, Henderson versus Manchester City, yeah, yeah. you know. Where was Victor Moses? Yes, that's what I'll say. Um, but. He's going to be a miss, isn't he? Because he's again. You mentioned it before. One of these players, James mentioned it as well. That he doesn't have the same, you know, mystique around him. You know, for whatever reason, primarily probably because he's English. If I'm being honest, and he's very, you know, he is workmanlike. But this is exactly the kind of game in which he comes to the fore. And the same leg is going to be even more of the same. You would assume. So Liverpool are going to miss him, aren't they? I think anybody who thinks that it's a, it's a good thing, or even if it's a, it's not really much of a thing, that that Jordan Henderson's missing is 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 deluded. To be honest, it's. Um, I think at the best of times you'd be a miss, but I think when Liverpool are going through a bit of an injury crisis, and that's been quite low key the the, the 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 talk around this, but Liverpool are going through an injury crisis at the moment. The, the, the you know they had to put Conor Masterson on the bench uh, last night when his last appearance in the squad was against Exeter in the FA Cup. I think I was on the bench with him that night. Great days. James definitely <laughs> was on the bench that day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So, you know, Liverpool are going through this injury crisis. You need all the senior players and all the players. I'll tell you what Henderson does bring. He just brings that little bit of experience in, in these sorts of situations. I think last night w- w- was, was the first occasion where the likes of Trent, uh, Andy Robertson, uh, just run through the team perhaps, Mane even, um, Oxley chamberlain even though he was at Arsenal for so long, would have experienced... He'd never got this far in the competition well, before. Well, well, this is my point. They wouldn't have experienced an atmosphere like that before. They wouldn't have experienced playing in a in a game of such high high stakes and high consequence. Jordan Henderson has. He's played in a, in a title-chasing camp, uh, title campaign. He's played in the Europa League campaign. Um, albeit he missed the final, obviously, uh, with, with injury. Well, he was on the bench, didn't come on. So he's going to be a miss just, just for that alone, just because he knows what it's like to play in a game of this magnitude. What what's got to be hope now is that Emre Chan's back is is better. That Genie Wijnaldum puts on a little bit more weight. Um, I thought he I thought he did fine when he came on, but he's clearly and at one point he shrugged off. I'm not sure who it was, but it was an unbelievable Dougley style, you know, bump thrust to uh, to, to <laughs> bump somebody him, mentioned that to, yeah. bump him, to bump him out the way. Um, but you know you need Wijnaldum at the top of his game. You need Chan at the top of his game. You need Milner, Oxley Chamberlain. Three of those four have basically got to be at the top of their mm. game, um, just, just to make sure that nothing goes wrong in the second leg. And and and, and the Henderson is one of those that you could have relied upon in a situation like that. Okay, let's, be a miss. let's talk about the atmosphere. I mean, James, you've been to one or two of these games in the past, so have you, Christian. I mean, where does the atmosphere rank? It was. We can talk about what happened with the bus in a minute, but let's just talk first of all what happened inside the stadium. I think, as you mentioned, the players in that second half it seemed to be more prominent. When Liverpool were defending the cop end, as Christian said, that could have been a good thing in the end. They seemed to raise the level when they realised that the team was in a bit of trouble or yeah. they knew that the team needed a little bit of extra support. Great in the first half at the start when they scored, obviously fine. It's easy to do that when, when you're winning 3-0, scoring the goals. But in the second half where, you know, where you're under the cosh, yeah. that's when they really came out. And it was like... I think it was 15 minutes between the, before the end and they had the scarves out and they were doing all of that and I'm thinking, there's still 15 minutes to go, what are you doing? But they, it's it was, like they knew, they yeah. knew exactly. I don't think I've ever seen that before. I mean, I think we've seen, that sounds terrible to say, we've seen better atmospheres. I mean, quite whether anything will ever beat Chelsea in 2005, I don't really know, than of Chelsea 2007. I know you're a big fan of, was it Roma or Juventus? Juventus, Juventus, Juventus 05. Juventus 05 and then there's Dortmund. From from a couple of years ago, all that was almost more to do with the way that the game went. Yeah. There was also this the thing. There was Real Madrid as well when Liverpool got beat three 0 Till the game started, everyone was going, "Wow, this is amazing." Then you soon saw, "Oh, yeah, Liverpool aren't very and... good, and Real Madrid might actually yeah. be quite good." That was the difference here because Liverpool they gave something back to the fans. They responded to the fans and they gave fans something to support. And then the second half, you know, the fans gave the players something to go for. Yeah, I was I was thinking last night what. What was it the best since, and trying to compare it to other nights? And I, I was struggling to think of of, a, of anything better since the Chelsea semi final in two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think probably in terms of sustained noise throughout, um, you know, it was it was that good. I couldn't sleep last night. It was like you never a guess. Look, really look, look at his fresh face. We're going to say not, not to be behind the curtain, but, yeah. but there is there is an echo WhatsApp. Group. There is there is, and, 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 the, and it was it was very vibrant at half two this morning. It was yeah, we were all snacks were going down. I had a lot of Doritos. Yeah, you, in what, the were you, what were you on? What were you having? You were uh, having glass of red and some and some red hot Doritos. I had two crumpets, cheese, piece of cake, and a yogurt. So basically, I'd be tea again. Belvita. Spot the man who's doing the marathon. And a hug from Matthew. Um, <laughs> but it was 
it, it was it, it was just absolutely electric, wasn't it? It was. Um, I, I think it, it was interesting actually. Klopp, I was there when Klopp was asked about the potential impact of the atmosphere twenty four hours before, and he said, "Then we he said we know it's going to be amazing. We know what the fans will do for us." He said, "But there'll be a point in the game where." We have to. We've. It's our responsibility to keep that going because we have to give something back to them. He said it'll only be unbelievable throughout if we respond in the the right manner. And of course, you know that is exactly how it panned out because that first half performance, when I think you know the players fed off that energy from the stands and were inspired. City, without any shadow of a doubt, were intimidated. Do you think they were actually intimidated? Yeah, do, I do think you genuinely so. I think, think it was so. genuinely rattled. I I, do you think yeah. so? I don't. I, I, don't, they, I, I think I, I think don't. Okay, right. I don't think they were intimidated with atmosphere, and I'll tell you why. Because those first fifteen minutes, they were well. Okay, until Liverpool scored, City, as you know, were way on top. They were well on top. They were way on top. They had a lot of the ball. They had a lot of the ball. Well, if you if you have a lot of the ball and you're passing it around with confidence, which they were, which they were, that's not a sign of a team that's intimidated. No, but I, I think, think they were more. I think once Liverpool went in front, they were more, the, the yeah. noise just. But then is the that roof. is that being intimidated by the atmosphere? Or is that being intimidated by the team? I on think the it pitch? works. Yeah, I think it works as one though. I think if there was a moment when it was one nil and uh, Edison got to give him the ball, Firmino did his usual, you know, dog with a bone sort of chased after him. He booted out of play. You know, Edison very rarely does that. Obviously, the whole stadium up on the feet, you know, roaring. And Guardiola was on the sideline and made this real sort of overemphasized gesticulation towards um, towards Edison. Applauding, big sort of, sort of mm. a bit like how Mourinho did it when uh, when they when they fumed at McTominay at Old Trafford. You know, sort of making a point. Well done, you're doing the right thing. That was his way of saying, "Don't worry, don't panic." I'm not panicking, but he looked like the most panicked man in the stadium. So, I think from that moment on, everybody was like, "Well, if, if Pep's panicking, if if, if Pep's like more, this more, animated guy on the sidelines." Maybe we should all panic. More panic than me at full time when I realised my Wi-Fi wasn't working. That, 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 was, <laughs> that, that was quite panic. Um, so it was. I, I think it fed off it in terms of, you know, I think it rattled them. I think I wrote last night because I, I did the tactical piece. I said, you know, the atmosphere didn't beat Manchester City, Liverpool, and Jurgen Klopp mm. did, but I don't think you can deny. I think what also happens just that quickly is this, it's being rattled the same as being intimidated. Yeah. Does that? Does that? Do you see what I'm, I don't think before the game they weren't intimidated by it. You know what I mean? No, I, know. So I, think, I, think, I think I think I think for all okay, we'll deal with the bus thing now. We'll deal with the bus yeah. thing but now. Just there quickly though, it's okay. a major gear change because they've been coasting through Premier League games and and, and and being applauded by teams for the past two, three months. You know, it's basically like a it, 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 the champions elect and it's basically one big long sort of victory parade and then they turn up in an atmosphere where it's not all polite, it's not all sanguine, it's actually people don't like them and that rattles them. So Everton in some ways didn't prepare them properly. On Saturday, yeah. If Everton had been what Everton have been for very often, which that's they will be on Saturday, <laughs> if if they'd have been like that, there yeah, would have been exactly. far better preparation for, for Manchester yeah. City to play Liverpool than what ended up happening, where they just stood off them and we all saw the game. Exactly, and and it, and it happens to Guardiola teams in Germany and and, and to, to a lesser degree in Spain. You know, you saw Bayern get a, a couple of shellacans by Barcelona, by it? Barcelona, yeah, yeah. Um, because they were so used to Tonkin Mainz and, and Wolfsburg week in week out. And the second they, they tear up in an atmosphere against a team with a little bit of intensity, the shell shocked, and that's what happened at Anfield. Right, the bus before the game. I think we all popped down to have a look at what was going on. There was all this talk for weeks. There were the fans who, you know, put out on social media, "Come on, everybody, get down there," and this, that, and the other, which probably wasn't a wise move when you think about it, because a lot of these things are organic, organic as Christian likes to say. Um, 
But obviously we know what's happened. There's been, uh, I'm going to say one or two, but it was a few more than that. Liverpool fans have thrown stuff at the City team coach. Mainly, it looks like cans and plastic bottles and stuff like that. And I think one of the windows on the door, the driver's side got smashed. Um, I mean, it's quite interesting to see, <clears throat> you know, we're not ones to call out other journalists because there's a bit of a, an unwritten code that we don't tend to have a go at other people and we're not going to do that here. However, a lot of people are getting on the moral high horse here as if nothing's ever, like this has ever happened before. And that's not to justify what did happen because it was wrong. But it's not just Liverpool that, that, that this happened to. I think the, the complaint is the fact that everybody knew what was going to happen. And Guardi Guardiola, sorry, Manchester City's complaint was that the police ended up directing them down a, a separate route and signposting everybody to where it was going. But in, if they hadn't done that, everybody would have been found anyway. It didn't make that didn't make any difference. And what what could be done to stop it? What can be done? Well, not an awful lot. When you know, if, if you're going to get some mindless idiots who want to throw glass bottles at a coach, it's very difficult to to stop that. I think I think changing the coach route, what it did was it probably enabled even more people to line the streets because we know obviously the way that the coach usually goes, you know, the winding road past the King Harry pub up Anfield Road. It's, it's pretty narrow and, and tight there. And, and I can understand why they moved it, because it you know, to, there's, uh, there's scaffolding yeah. around there. Um, you know, I was there for when, I think it was the Villarreal coach turned up a couple of years ago, and you know, there were some hairy moments there with just how little room there was for the coach to get through and all the rest of it. Um, but it was just yeah, a sour note on the night, because you know, it was a very small minority of fans. I mean, there's a, you know, I saw some people condemning the fact that people had even gone to welcome welcome in inverted commas Man, Man City's bus you know there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with intimidating opponents that turn up but there's a line and the vast majority of fans didn't cross that line mm. sadly some did um, Liverpool were very quick to put out a statement before the game and even kicked off condemning that behaviour I think a couple of police officers were hurt in the as a result of the missiles that were thrown um, you know their investigation is now underway in terms of bringing those culprits to justice Um you know, UEFA, and I've spoken to them and they said they're waiting for the reports to come in before they decide on sanctions. But I'm sure Liverpool will probably get punished as well for the fact that there was, you know, a couple of smoke bombs and flares that went off in inside the ground. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I personally, I wasn't there when the City coach turned up. Yeah. I was there about half an hour before their coach turned up and it was... You know the atmosphere then was was fantastic yeah, in terms of yeah in terms of the yeah. singing, the chanting, the banners. Um, you know, there's a I, you know this I've, I've seen some people yeah comment on you know why why do they even do this? Well, you know, that is that's <laughs> become that's a, that's a social yeah. question. It's not to do with football. No. It's like, why do we? Well, why do we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's 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 absolutely nothing wrong with but. With with going to welcome the coach, and you know you only have to look at some of the footage taken from the play from the Liverpool inside the Liverpool team coach. You know the players absolutely blown away by you know what other club would you get that at where thousands are lining the route an hour and a half before kickoff, um, but sadly, you know a handful of idiots um, of give give other people a bad name, and you know they're those ones who who did throw bottles and smash that window on the coach deserve everything that's coming their way. Could um, exactly the same thing now happen when Liverpool go to the Etihad on Tuesday? I mean, Has this been talked up into a problem? It is, because, and, and because, tell you because, what. Because, of, because of what happened in the weeks before, and City obviously saw that post, we all know which post we're on about yep. here, that was called, like a call to arms for the fans, 
Um, whether that was wise or not, I'm not sure. Because oh, I think I think they would have done it. I think it, it would have happened. They anyway. would have done it. Anyway. That's anyway. the whole point. They would have done it anyway. But City were, I wouldn't say nervous, but they were aware this was going to happen. Did, did they create a situation that wasn't otherwise going to be there? I, I think I think it created a, a big situation. And now is there going to be a bit of needle? Is there a bit of needle between the fans now in the second leg? Well, I think first of all, it, it became a bit of a tete-a-tete because. Because it became such an issue that Liverpool have put the, not Liverpool, sorry, the club hadn't obviously this Liverpool supporter had put this this poster out um saying, you know, meet at this time and let's all which has always happened. There's never needed any social media post before. It's just a just a supporter trying to, you know, be a be a top red, if you will, like a really good Liverpool fan, that's fine. I oh, thought oh. it was ill advised, yeah. whatever. But anyway, and then what happened from there is spiralled. So Man City go get on this. Again, when I say Man City, I don't mean the club, I mean just the representation. You know, the Man City fans say, look at this, you know, oh, are we scared? The Man City yeah. Manchester papers as well. Of course, Manchester, yeah, well, media. you said we don't throw uh, <laughs> Jameson <laughs> under coaches. No, let's make coaches. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think they were, no, doing, no, no, they were no. doing their duty because we also reported it as well. Yeah, of course, so yeah. But, but then the Merseyside police get involved and then Manchester City on social media, you know, the supporters go... Oh, are we going to be scared? Are we going to be scared about a few? And it all comes down to that the one fan who did what he thought was 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 big and clever, and it wasn't. But but it's 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 bred this mentality, and you know, if if someone's weird enough and 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 strange enough to throw a bottle at a moving coach, anyway, they probably don't need any real invitation. But at the same time, it's very much a, a situation that got massively out of hand and probably could have been nipped in the bud very very early. And it all stems back to the fact that Liverpool have done this before. And it's gone off without largely without any sort of incident, and it just became this. It almost it was almost a self fulfilling prophecy, and all it takes is one fool to to fulfil it. Hmm. Um, and sadly, that's what happens before the game. I mean, um, my, my comments on, by the way, on other journalists and more individuals, and based on some of the comments that have come on afterwards this morning. Yeah, you know, I think the one thing this is just me talking now, which it seems a bit daft to be saying this on a Liverpool podcast but we've all been journalists for quite a long time and we consider ourselves you know football fans yeah well supporters of a, of a particular team but we don't let that let that get in the way of the job that we're doing and yeah, i think there's there's certain people who who tend to do that and that's just something personally i, I don't quite yeah, agree. I, think... I don't i don't quite agree with that but it seems to be on vogue with with certain people at the moment anyway i'll get i'll get yeah. off my, no, I'll get off I, my high no, horse I, now. I think one of the few times Ian, where you've made a good point <laughs> thank you um because i think i think you're right i think to, there's, there's a degree in some of the reaction in that some people didn't like the fact that Liverpool were, were there back on the big stage producing an unbelievable performance and a fantastic win and have pounced upon what happened with the coach to, to make it and into that, something, into, something massive. Which and, and that's no the fault one, of those yeah. fans who did it. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, no one would begin the defeat of the fans, yeah. Yeah. fans yeah. yeah. But, you know, a handful of mindless idiots shouldn't shouldn't be allowed to you know you can't tarnish everyone no. with the the same brush and it was you know it was out it was outside the ground it's you know what can what, I'm not sure what the club could, can do about that you know I know I know of a lot of people that, that that were going to meet the coach who didn't have tickets for the game you know I'd be it wouldn't surprise me at all if those people that that, that behaved in that manner weren't even inside Anfield when the game kicks off. They had off. nothing to lose, did they? Because they were never going to get kicked out because they weren't going in. And if they get arrested, they haven't lost the ticket. You know, exactly, they, yeah. They they're not going to get banned from a ground that they weren't going in anyway. As, as for as for retaliation, if you will. Um, it's a concern for me, I have to I, say. I, 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 I think, think it is. I, I think it adds a real needle to the game next week, which is... Didn't you know, need it. It, it? it didn't need it anyway. Um, I don't know if Manchester City have the... 
You don't know the route for the bus, to be honest. There's that. <laughs> well, it could be down the main road. And, and, and I, I think, I'd it, suggest, I think it probably will be. And I suggest a Liverpool way to drive into the Etihad. They don't. They, they go on a, an Arriva rather than a big red than a big red coach with the Liverpool emblem on the side. We but, are Liverpool. No, no. It, I mean, it's a serious situation. In, in all seriousness, you know, I don't know if Man City have got that culture of let's all meet and 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 and, and you know let's all support the team. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll try and mimic what Liverpool did. Um, and why not? I'm not saying that you don't want to do that. You know, I, I think the I think the in general get a bit of a a rough ride in terms of you know the empty had and all that. If you haven't got the fan base to to they used to get thirty thousand when they were in yeah, but, but, in, but, in but, League but, One. Be, yeah, exactly. So it's not they've got a big stadium. It's not it's not their fault that maybe they haven't got the 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 people who can fill it at the moment. You know, ultimately maybe in twenty football, years time. And have... football's too expensive anyway, so maybe it, people can't yeah. afford it. So nobody should should be mocking that. But I don't know if all it'll take is a couple of empty heads basically to to try and do what those those idiots for Liverpool did to Man City, and that that's the concern. Also, a bit of concern maybe you know Liverpool fans going over to Manchester. There's just that little bit of unnecessary tension now, but you know we'll we'll see. Hopefully, it all passes without without any sort of incident whatsoever. We'll deal with the second leg next week, but very 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 briefly, Jurgen Klopp was at pains to say it's only a half time. It is. Only half time. Having said that, Liverpool have never frittered away a three goal or more lead ever in Europe. And you don't have we, to do that, well, it could be three 0 couldn't it? Yeah, and a penalty. We spoke about this. That's my fear. Um, but they've got a great chance now, haven't they? You'd have absolutely, you'd have <laughs> absolutely taken yeah. bit in your hands off. Even at one one or even a two one defeat for Liverpool, I thought they were still in the game. For the game, both managers would have basically said, just make sure we're in the second leg. Yeah. City are just about in that second leg, because if that goes to 4 0, Liverpool were through. Yeah, I think I think if City had got one back late on. You'd it, say they were favourites? You'd almost say they were favourites? I'd, I'd, I'd say it was 50 50. I, I think definitely think City will score twice in the second leg. But, definitely. But then again, if Liverpool defend collectively as well as they did on Wednesday night, then. But the City would have scored two would have had to have properly gone for it and then left themselves open. So yeah, I think that's the that when I went to bed last night. I, I, you just I, said I you never 90, went to sleep. No, no. When I, I when I eventually lay my head on a pillow, <laughs> I was ninety percent sure the Liverpool were in the semi final. What happened when you woke up? When I woke up, it was about seventy five. <laughs> and now? I was about, what about fifty. Now? <laughs> now, no, no. I'd say it's still seventy five because I just I just don't see Liverpool not scoring there. And then Liverpool score one. City need five. No. Um, well, they did that in the last game against yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, I know, and someone well, else said that to you. But yeah, you kick someone in. Yeah, and yeah. also you you can't compare that Liverpool team that was stuttering yeah, well, a bit well, that's, at the start that, of the season I, I to where that, they are now. I wrote that in my analysis. If City are expecting the same kind of Liverpool, it's a completely yeah. different beast. You just have to look at different keeper, different centre back, different left back, different midfield. Yeah. Well, it could be the same actually for that game. There's definitely warnings from history from from Jurgen Klopp twice. Uh, of course, he had a four-one lead with Borussia Dortmund against Real Madrid, and Real got it back to two-nil in the second leg. One goal away, and they were very, very, well, very close. Liverpool were three 0 up against Sevilla. Yeah, <laughs> One match, yeah. and they got it back to three all. So well, to be fair, same position yesterday, and they managed to keep the clean sheet. That's true. But yeah. it is perfect for Liverpool, isn't it? Because we we know how dangerous they are on the counter yeah. attack. You just touch wood, Salah will be okay because they can just they don't need to do anything silly. They they just need to be as disciplined and controlled as they were in the first leg, and then take one chance on the counter. And it's a hell of a long way back. It says a lot about City, doesn't it? That it's not over. Exactly. It's almost like they're the best team in the league by miles, and they've got the best, the best forwards, the best midfield. Maybe not the best defence, but 
I also think as well that the, the Barcelona PSG game from last season is just that little bit of a, you know, it's 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 a, it's only one of two times the teams relinquished the three goal lead in the Champions League. AC Milan Deportivo four, I think, or three or four. Um, but because that was so dramatic last year, and because everybody can see what a really good team can do to another really good team, to be fair, that's just that's just where the butterflies are still going. I think in, in the. the Chests of a couple of. Can you have butterflies in the chest? No, stomachs? I think you have them in the stomach. Yeah, but that's I how much they've flustered and they've gone up. <laughs> I think, yeah, they've gone in the up. They've gone into your upper ventricle. Yeah, in the basically. anatomy of a Liverpool supporter, those butterflies are still flapping. <laughs> right, there's two other games. Uh, sorry, two things to go through now. Uh, first thing, Liverpool under 23s are playing at Prenton Park, I believe, on uh, Friday night against Arsenal. They are. You went down to see uh, Neil Critchley today to preview the game. And? Um, so it's interesting. To be fair, to be fair, that was a bit of a stupid question. That was I mean, a, yeah. the two of them actually tied together because obviously the death is the derby. Yeah. The team that plays in that under twenty three yeah. the minute you see who's not involved, you'll be we, thinking, "Oh, we could be playing against." It's Ellen. funny you say that because that was pretty much exactly what Neil Critchley said himself. He said, um, <laughs> "Oh, you'll see." He said, as it stands at the moment, he has absolutely no idea what kind of squad he'll have for that game <laughs> on Friday night. He said he, he expects to find out on Thursday evening. Um, who he will and and won't have. Um, you know, he spoke brilliantly actually about Trent. Obviously, he worked with so closely at the academy in his formative years, and it was Critchley who played a big part with Alex Inglethorpe in deciding that Trent's you know best best chances of forcing his way into the first team setup was to make that switch from a midfielder to a right back. Um, and obviously, you know, Connor Masterson. You know, what a night for him to be to be a part of the squad. Um, Critchley again said so he's not sure whether he'll have Masterson back for that game on Friday night probably not I'd imagine amazed if he was yeah, yeah. Um, and of course you know, when Liverpool had their open training at Melwood on Tuesday you know, Herbie Kane Curtis Jones uh, Rafa Camacho and Nathaniel Phillips and you uh, and me yeah <laughs> all, all good academy youngsters um, <laughs> we were all involved in the, in the session and um, you know, it's, it is going to be intriguing to see our clock does approach Saturday because I, I don't know it's it's a derby everyone seems to have forgotten about I know, this I know. I know it's interesting because the way that Chelsea's win uh, sorry defeat against Tottenham last week has given Liverpool three hit in this that, game as that, far as I'm yeah. concerned if but, Liverpool get anything positive out of this game think, it'll be a massive bonus yeah but it can only be taken in the context of what happens in the second leg if you get through against City no matter what happens against Everton you'd say Okay, but we'll we'll take that. that, yeah. that that's I the payoff. I think the big the big headache for Klopp, isn't it? The fact that and Chris mentioned before about the injury crisis and stuff, and and in fact, you know, the vast majority of the injuries have happened to squad players. Yeah, and that's why the injuries had no real effect at all on 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 the first day against City, but it has a massive impact in terms of what Klopp can do this weekend because his options are all right, pretty limited. We'll, you know, obviously we'll Chan, what, what, Chan what? could be fit. But then do you play him? Or then, do you need to get him as Christmas? You know, with with Henderson yesterday. out of the second leg, you, yeah, but, you, you, you desperately need Chan. But you need him to be fit as in getting minutes. He hasn't played for quite a few weeks now, has he? Give him an hour give him against Give him an hour, against, an hour, an hour, against an hour off the bench. Yeah. Regardless. I, all right, OK, I'll tell you what then. We'll just very briefly do... Right. We'll, we'll go to the team selection in a, in a brief second. Yep. Just talk about the game itself. Yeah. Is it one that Liverpool can... I'm not, I'm not going to say a throw. No, you can never... I'm not saying a four to throw. No. Because... We have to accept that when they played Everton at home in the league, Dominic Slanky played started up front, you know, and that was a bit of a shock. So you'd expect that to happen again. But there will be quite a few other changes. You know that if Liverpool were definitely going for the league, there will be a completely different team that gets put out in this game. But 
saying Chelsea's defeat has bought them a little bit of leeway. I think with the Champions League changes, which Christian wrote about the other week, they don't even need to finish third or second to, to avoid the, the playoffs, so they just need to finish above Chelsea. You've mentioned in the past that you can't see Chelsea winning every single game between now and the end of the season. They've only need four wins yeah. from six games. They've got three, Chelsea win and they've got three at home and one away at West Brom. Yeah. I think the other away game is... is it Chelsea? Chelsea, of course, yeah. Chelsea itself, yeah. <laughs> Chelsea themselves. Yeah. So... From Everton's point of view, they've got to be looking at this. Well, they're, thinking, ne- they're never, they're, they're never winning a better chance. Derby, yeah. you know, I think Liverpool are unbeaten, and I think it's the last 16 October, Derbys. October 2010. Yeah, going Hodgson, back to that. 2-0. Yeah. Um, Utopia. <laughs> best thought it was best of the season. Yeah, the season. Yeah. But First game for FSG. The Merseyside derby always matters, and it still matters. It's... I don't know, it's, it's a difficult one to make sense of this one because obviously Everton have had a, a massive advantage of having a full week to prepare. Um, Didn't play last week either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they the, the weekend off. Um, and, but they've been on a terrible run. You know, it's not as if Liverpool are facing an Everton that are like massively resurgent. You know, there's a lot of unrest there in terms and, of and the best Allardyce. the last few months, Sigurdsson, he's not playing exactly. Yeah. So could be going the rest exactly. of the season. But it, uh, what worries me... Is I just don't know how you. It's not even just so much physical. I think it's mental, just how you come back down to earth. And you know, obviously Liverpool are back at yeah. Melwood today. You know, but essentially Thursday, Friday are recovery days, and they kick off Saturday lunchtime. So it's such a quick turnaround. It will literally be a case of the physios getting to work, assessing who's basically fit and available for the weekend, and then picking a team from there. And then there's the Allardyce question: Who? God, he knows how to get stuff from Liverpool. He showed this many times in the past. He'll have had an entire week to, to build up to this. And for him, it's a big deal because of what's happening at Everton. If he wins this game, no matter what happens to him in the summer, whether he goes or not, he'll be, I'm the man who... He'll, the man he'll have this he'll have the feather in his cap. I'm the man who beat Liverpool, won you a derby for the first time in eight years. Why are you getting rid of me? Give me three million quid. He will, and... and, and, and... I almost think Everton fans would resent the fact if it was uh, Sam Allardyce <laughs> who, who was the man who done that because, you know, despite what he says, there is a real rumbling of discontent around them. Obviously, we we keep an eye on both clubs, Ian. Well, not anymore, um, but I do. Well, you I do keep, now, yeah, yeah, I, I keep, don't. I yeah. keep an eye on both clubs. And we keep an eye on them, of course. We were always, it's, it's Merseyside, Merseyside United. Merseyside Yeah, Merseyside. But ultimately, you know, there are not many Evertonians who are happy with Sam Allardyce, and I think there'd be a little bit of resentment if, if he was the one to end the uh, to end the wait. But sure that being said, there. they will get over yeah. it very quickly <laughs> on Saturday night in the Ale Houses. They they would not mind. It's funny for Liverpool, isn't it? Because it's it's almost a no lose derby because if they if they win, they've beaten Everton with you know you with left back, and if they lose. I mean, it's it's a ridiculous high horse to be on, but the high horse is yeah. But we're in the Champions League semi quarterfinals. We really? had Man City. <laughs> um, we had Man City. You know, of course, you, of course, you're beating us because we play things that's like your front. So, all right, then. it really does feel yeah. like a free okay, hit for Liverpool. All right, then, fine thing. Then, what's the team going to be? Let's let's pick the team. Right, carries carries stays in goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah I and think... I'm assuming. Are we going to say Klein and Murray? In fact, we'll do Klein first. Klein at right back. I think so. It's got to be Klein. It's got to be. So I don't, I don't think you can expect because it, otherwise you're expecting four lots of ninety minutes from Trent yeah. in the space of ten days. Clavan, if he's fit, is he going to be fit? Is he anywhere near fit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Klopp said he was he was touch and go midweek. So. All right, so he's playing. Clavan's playing. Now, thought, who's yeah. the other centre back? I'm going to go Van Dijk. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with Van Dyke. I think Lovren tends to be the one that, you know, I, I think... You pick up you, Niggles. You, yeah, well. yeah, you want... He doesn't... It could be quite rare for Lovren to play two big games back-to-back. So, so close together. Back as well. yeah. Now, left-back's interesting. Cause it's got to be Moreno. Now, would you not play Moreno left-mid? No. When he came on on Wednesday? No. Nope. Do you no. think, looking ahead, do you think Moreno left-mid might be a shout at the Etihad? No. I don't think he'll... I don't think he'll do. He'll compromise his principles again. Okay, well we'll see with Everton. So Moreno left back. Yeah, yeah. Um, the three midfield. Well, Henderson's one definitely. Yes, hundred percent. When Alden, Are we going to say Chan? And then I think it can't be Milner because he's a, he'd be too busy posting stuff on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that I, I'd go for Chan. I think the, the, the issue he is needs just to... how fit is. Chan. Okay, if he's not fit, who's playing there then? Well then, you know you. you That's the struggle now. That's the yeah. struggle, isn't I think, it? I think. Are we going to say then you're going to? You probably have to play Milner. Really? Yeah. You wouldn't play Oxley Chamberlain. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Box plays. Are, well, I'm going to say, are we? Are we saying Solanke and Ings up yeah. top with somebody else? Are we going to say you no, reckon four four two? I think it's four four two. I think he could go four four two. He did against them at home. I think we could yeah, easily see yeah. Solanke Ings up front, and then what, what that means is that you can have a Henderson Wijnaldum midfield. You can have. But then you still need you still need another player. So let's say let's say Moreno. Moreno's left back. Well, I'm having Robertson. Curtis Jones. Now this is the thing. Well, Who, which of all the youngsters, Camacho? Would you have? You'd sooner have a youngster coming in in an attacking position than you would in a defensive one. Yeah. In this game, certainly. I mean, which we would be the one to come through? Ian Brewster's the most unlucky man in the world. Well, yeah, boy in the be, world yeah, because he would probably be playing. He would have been given, a, given an opportunity. It was this time last year he was on the bench against Crystal Palace the, 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 when, yeah. when the, he was 13 well, years the old. The frustration is that there's three wingers out on loan in the Championship who all could have come in yeah. and well, done Harry a job. Harry Wilson would have had his chance, wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, of the, of the other lads that were training in Melwood this week, you'd probably have to say Curtis Jones would be... Throw him on the bench. You know, the, He's not played many games under 23s, the, though, has he? He's good, though. No, but I think... He's got lovely hair. Camacho... Camacho can do a job, but yeah, I think I think Curtis would be the one. Obviously, Herbie Kane plays centre midfield, but I think I think it would be a massive ask to to throw him in. Um, the, the other youngster was Nathaniel Phillips, who's a, a centre half. Um, so you know, if, if he's going to go down that route, clearly Masterson is ahead of Phillips in the pecking order. How's Woodburn's recovery? So he I mean, he's, he said he's he was had a knock. He said he was injured. Yeah, he's had a knock since since he came back from with. Wales with that trip to China. Yeah, he'd be nailed um, on. So he'd be another one that you know whether should hopefully know <laughs> well, more on that in the next twenty four hours. Yeah, you're probably right. He'd play if he's available. I'd have thought. Yeah, which would be you know that would be massive for Woodburn because I think he's played what forty five minutes of first team football this this season. You know you have to go back to the Leicester League Cup tie in Leicester. Yeah, yeah. Um, he did all right. Yeah, he had a shot. Remember that. Do you, do you want do you want one potential random shout? <laughs> uh, uh, it's not James playing. Is it? No, 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 no. As much as as much as I'd like to see that, I would uh, not like to see that. I think we could see. This is just. I mean, it's, I'm just throwing it out there. But I think. I think Strength could start the derby, and I think Clyde could play against City. All right, that's just silly. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I think. You don't think silly. he prepare, He could potentially prepare Klein for the for the City game now. Sort of individual training. A bit more defensive minded. Little bit more, I know it's a massive risk because he hasn't played all, all yeah. but I just think it's you don't, yeah, would he go to be with... fair, he could have been doing this for weeks on end, couldn't he? Preparing him for the second leg to play in it to play half an hour against Everton, yeah. come on, and then play the full game. I, I just City. think Trent, it'd be very harsh he, to he drop Trent. I just, I'm just wondering if he go for a more 
Also, defensively, it would be an unbelievable well, I was gonna say, performance. Yeah. It would be, it would be, if it backfired, everyone would just go, "What on earth have you done that for?" He's, he's Trent's just yeah. done very well against him. Admittedly, you would expect Sané will have a bit more motivation in the second leg, but we'll deal with that next week, right? That should do us. Um, join us next week where we'll talk about Liverpool's incredible victory against Everton in the derby with the reserve team um, and look ahead to the second leg of the Champions League quarterfinal at Manchester City. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.